Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Jesus. <laughs> Who's coughing? It's a great intro. Who's coughing? Anytime. You're coughing? Dan, you cough <laughs> every episode. I know, but not at the beginning. <laughs> Dave, yeah. Dave, stop coughing. <clears throat> what are you smoking or something? Um, no. <laughs> That's the best intro this show's ever had. <clears throat> Probably. Hey, uh, <laughs> welcome, everybody. Welcome to Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live. Obviously. From Twins Smoke Shops <laughs> headquarters in the 724 Lounge in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Wow. Be sure to subscribe to us here on Facebook or YouTube if you're watching live. If you are listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you got this from, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padrone. I'm here with my co-hosts, Pat and Dave. And, oh my goodness gracious me. Come over here, gorgeous. Dobry! Dobry! Right there. We've got Debris from the 724 Lounge and very special guest, returning guest, and one of our favorite guests, Altidus Adam. Four-time guest? I think. I believe mm, you were correct. Yeah. Wow. I believe you are correct. There is and no gift, apparently, mm-hmm. that comes along. It got to the point where we decided you didn't need to bring bottles of booze anymore. You could just bring the cigars. That's fair. I almost did. Well, you could have. It probably would have made Kendra happy if she didn't have to, you know, That's pony fair. up. But hey, next this time. is <laughs> next, time? next time. Okay, yeah. we're we're gonna do very good. And tonight, I, I I was very tempted to title this episode "AJ Does All to This." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's but I felt that was fitting. too much of a slight to, to Raphael, who was involved with everything too. I don't want him to That's feel fair. like. You know, so I controlled myself and yet got it out there. <laughs> yeah, not, I'm not going to say you're wrong. but No, I mean, know. but these are these are two cigars in the uh, Altidus portfolio that AJ had his hands in. Yes. And, um, you know, it, it's very interesting. They're both the Nicaraguan blends. Uh, yes, the one Puro, the, one is predominant. Yeah. Right, but. right. The, the other one has the, the Marafina wrapper mm-hmm. on it. But um, they're both made in his in AJ's factory. Yes. Yes. In Esteli. Yep. In Esteli. Yeah. So that and that's something relatively new for. I mean, so he's been partnered with us for. I'm gonna get this number wrong. I want to say, uh, six or seven years now, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, his first batch of, of blends. <laughs> just with came a, out with the Reserva Real now. <laughs> well, yeah, we gotta you gotta work into Reserva Real. You don't just jump to the flagship. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. 
you made me do podcasts in Hooksit before we came to the mothership. That's so, true. You see, like I have to graduate. So yeah. that, you know, no. We, we had uh, good we had good internet there though. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, no, but he uh, he originally started working with us on uh, he did three launches the first time around. Right. Uh, Monty by AJ Fernandez, mm-hmm. the Gaspar Intenso, and the H Upman Nicaragua by AJ Fernandez. Right. The one with the uh, light blue, the teal mm-hmm. right, label right. that we've been selling here very well for years now. Years, and, you know, years. It, he even, you know, did a lot to revitalize H Upman mm-hmm. with that blend. Right. So something to keep so, in mind too. Tell us a little bit about. Uh, the Reserva Real so, here. Reserva Real Nicaragua, the Toro. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 6x54, which yep. is pretty standard for us for Toros. Um, and it is a Nicaraguan Puro, wrapper binder filler, all mm-hmm. Nicaraguan, uh, all grown by AJ, um, blended by AJ and Rafael, and uh, released a couple years ago now. Uh, was uh, last year's, I believe, number one cigar in Cigar and Spirits magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally just today... In Cigar Insider and Cigar Aficionado received a 93. Really? So it is uh, pretty highly thought of, and it's one of my favorite cigars. Um, to me, it's a really pure medium body. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were looking to define medium-bodied cigars, this is your guy. And, um, you know, I think it's pretty well-balanced. Hits, for me, uh, cedar and some sharp cinnamon mm-hmm. notes to it, through the nose especially. Are you getting um, cinnamon there? There's definitely a spice. Baking spice to it. guy. Are you getting cinnamon? Oh, I'll wait till my turn. Give it a minute. Okay. Yeah. Pat's got to wait his turn. Yeah. Adam's means, talking. <clears throat> that means I not yet. The aroma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it right. definitely gets strong. you through the nose. Yeah, like yeah. I, I stepped right into the cigar smoke. And I was like, yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely has that Nicaraguan spiciness to it, but it's not knock you over the head like right. black pepper yeah. strength. Kind That's of thing. true. Um, but it is a. Uh, now available in six sizes. Six. Yes. Just recently added a Corona and a number two. Just within the last month. So, wow. You know, coming soon. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Um, before we get more into the cigar, I want to talk about the bourbon that we're having. This is oh. some real special stuff. This is the Clover. Ooh. This is the Clover Barrel Select. Um, our latest single barrel that is available here at Twins. And we're actually going to be having a launch party with this on Friday, the 11th. And we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on the show. But can you talk to us a little bit about the Clover? So I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have not heard much about this event. The Clover whiskey is relatively new to the bar, um, new to me. Um, I know this was kind of an event that I think we, we pulled together a little bit last minute. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm actually still, I guess, awaiting a couple of the details. I think you, you might even know a little bit more than I do. <laughs> well, I know I, it's uh, Friday, um, November 11th. Yeah, we don't have to talk about the event, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I was I was here when we, we did the tasting for the, the barrel here, and mm-hmm. we, it was, it was uh, really interesting. You know, we, we had a taste of the clover that is available on the stores, on the shelf in the in, in the liquor stores here in New Hampshire, and then three other tastings uh, of s- select single barrels from which we could pick, and I believe there were only one or two that were offered in New Hampshire. We got one of them, and um, this one in particular really stood out. And to be honest, 
I liked it a lot better than what's in the store. The one in the store, to me, was very, oh, look, it's another bourbon named after a golf guy. You know? Uh, this, this was really, really good. It's got a lot of depth to it. It's got some nice sweetness. It's got a little spice. Um, but it, it's got some unique pizzazz that I think makes it stand out and will go with a, a, a lot of the different cigars that we have in our repertoire. And it will be interesting to see how we think it goes with uh, the cigars we're smoking tonight. It smells really sweet. Um, it literally just came in. This is the first time I'm having a, a full pour of it. Um, and so this is this is literally a kind of our first you know the first time anybody's been able to have this here at the, at the bar so uh very very good there so let's talk a little bit about uh where you have been the last little bit since you've been on the show it's been several months you've been doing a lot of running around a lot of baseball yeah a lot of uh finally put the daddy stuff put the equipment away two days ago the, the baseball winter. equipment yeah <laughs> It's very no, nope. I'm not gonna let you do this to me. I'm gonna stay right on track. I just did it. It was a very sad day, mm -hmm. but 98 days till spring training starts. So 98 days, yep. you're already counting down. 100. <laughs> percent And I love the winter, but yeah, it's baseball. I know it's where I See, live. I get. I like baseball. I like watching baseball. Uh, I, I'm not a winter guy. I've been really enjoying these 70, 75 degree November days. It's been awesome. I, you know. So have I. Like, you know why? <clears throat> because whenever we have good weather near the winter, we pay for it. That means, that means it's going to snow. snow. Yep. Yeah. Baby. No, no, none of that. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing any of that. No, yep. no snow this winter. Yep. I'm having a big talk with God. It's going to be nice and 50 <laughs> all, all winter long. Right, Bree? <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm gonna, feeling a little the bit of confidence um... in Pastor Padrone is just uh, <laughs> uh, not there. It's forties realistic. <laughs> I feel like we're overdue for like a big uh, blizzard or something. Yep. Farmers Almanac never lies. Here we go. Mm, oh, the Farmers Almanac pretty well lied last year. Last year was supposed to be freakishly cold and long, and it was not. Hey, well, that's why you follow the Witch's Almanac, you know. What is the witch's homonax? It's also essential. <laughs> you have a rock on you that you can rub and, and tell us right now? Could you, could I, you rub your I, I may or may not. You may or may not. Throw her scrying bones on the table. Yeah. Yeah. The we'll figure it out. Very interesting, Dan. Oh, my God. Let's do a tarot reading on it. I was going to say, Thomas is over. Right? We could do that. I know some people who know a lot about tarot. Yeah. We could, we could, <laughs> could make a couple phone calls. Yeah. Um, so, why why did Altidus reach out to AJ in the first place? So, I think that's a question that I would have absolutely no way to tell you the real reason. But <laughs> but let me tell you the fake reason that well, I'm making up on the spot. Yes, 100%. <laughs> like, this is why I'm, I'm, I'm vamping. I've got I'm vamping. I can do vamping. two things at once. I'm so, vamping right now. Um, you vamping. know, I think a lot of it has to do with you know, Raphael's relationship with, with AJ. They're very, very close. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Um, that's, that's a very good reason. And I, I think that it was a natural progression for both us and AJ. 
because he does work with a lot of different companies and he hadn't done a lot of really anything with us until those first three blends right which all in their own way hit pretty well you know i think the h upman stands out of, yeah of the i would three, agree sure. i'm really looking forward I to mean, the, this corona too you know so you know it was more of a a you know he can do it and he has the capacity to help us expand to a market that we don't have a larger footprint in compared to other companies of our size and that Nicaraguan the Nicaragua is what you're talking about specifically specifically we don't you know we've never done a lot with Nicaraguan tobacco specifically especially like puros and things like that because we rely on manufacturing and growing partners in Nicaragua okay so we don't own a factory in Nicaragua the way we do in the Dominican and Honduras Mm -hmm. so we have to rely on the Placencias AJ Fernandez to kind of come together and work with us to produce these things and um you know, when, when he first launched those first three lines with us, he came to our sales meeting at, it was, a, well, it was IPCPR then, now it's PCA, but so much at, easier uh, to say. before the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and he talked about, you know, these brands, they, he didn't just want to make an AJ Fernandez <laughs> cigar and like slap a label on it and good luck, you mm-hmm. know, here's your brand. Because um, these were heritage brands that, you know, his father and grandfather smoked. So they meant something to him. They weren't just a project. Okay. And so when we're looking at what we're, you know, going to work on with him, it's going to be those core lines, right? Mm. It's going to be those heritage brands that mean a lot to him and obviously mean a lot to us. They're our core. So it's something that we, uh, you know, I think it's a logical end point, you know, and the Romeo was the last one, you know, mm-hmm. like that he had touched on for us. Right. So, you right. know, I think that that was, I think that's a, kind of a, an important thing because Reserve Royale is our flagship brand. Romeo and Juliet right. Reserve Royale, it's number one, right? And for it to be a Reserve Royale that AJ makes, like we don't, people don't get to mess with that name, mm-hmm. that Reserve Royale name, unless it's that kind of quality part. Would you, now it's interesting that if I were going to pick the flagship brand for Altidus, I would have said Monte Cristo. It, is it is it legit the the Romeo Julieta? Yes, the 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 volume mover on Reserve Royale. Oh, so I'm probably going to volu- get in trouble if by volume. Anybody's by volume by volume by far. These are the best. Yes. Yeah. By a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the you know it's the great price point for the consumer. Mm-hmm. And the regular Reserve Royale with the Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper is you know I mean we talk about all these cigars. You know, everybody's looking for the boutique Maduro, strong Nicaragua, blah, blah, blah. The Connecticut still outsells everything by everything. a magnitude. Yeah. So it's yep. that's why it kind of stands, you know, mm-hmm. where it stands in our portfolio. Just, yeah. you know, at the price it's at, the the sizes that are offered in it, it all kind of comes together. Oh, people people look for it. They ask for it. They they buy it. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, there's, it, it's a big mover. 100%. That, you know. Totally. I yep. totally agree with that. Um, let's go around the table a little bit and talk about what we're tasting with the cigar. Um, Dave, do you want to start so that you don't have to then say you agree with everybody? <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, I agree with everybody. And uh, <laughs> um, I'm getting a lot of creamy earth and um, some, you know, like a mild spice or pepper and the retro hail. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe... Maybe a, there's like some kind of other spice that's in there, 
Like I don't want to say bacon spice, but you know, we got something can't steal from Pat. Yeah, yeah. There's something like that going around. I haven't had, I haven't really had it with the drink. I've been focusing on that. On That's the all right. We can talk about the drink in a little bit. Yeah. I'd like to talk about the cigar. Pat, what about you? So I, I'm going to ask a question to Star. Do you know what regions of Nicaragua is represented in the cigar? I do not. All right. Well. That's proprietary secret knowledge, Pat. It's You're interesting. Not allowed to know. The cigar is interesting to me. I mean, it's the first time I've had it, because um, Adam sucks at giving samples. I'm just oh, kidding. I'm oh, joking. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking. Oh. No, usually, Shots honestly, fired. I, I haven't. The, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll just hang on to that. Joking. That's fine. But you can earn, yeah, earn that back. You earn that back. Yeah. He's just but, mad because there's no terroir. And <laughs> I, I think it's because of the. Um, you wouldn't even have had that if you'd read my text about what cigar we were smoking. That's fair. I just got excited. I think just like the age of heritage. Like I've been smoking like these ways too much. Like whenever you come in, I'm like, give me another one now. But um, <laughs> give me one now. I haven't had it yet, you know, and I just think it's because I just. I don't know. I haven't really picked it up, but it's it, it, very interesting to me because honestly, you're it, saying it, it interesting has, a lot. Is that like code well, for I trying, don't really know what I, to that, no, 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 I'm, I think it's I, I think it's code for maybe I don't like it, but I'm on the podcast. No, 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 and no, don't no. want to be mean. Yeah, <laughs> so honestly, Adam, this sucks. Honestly, it smokes. It smokes very much like a Dominican cigar. It's kind of unique in that sense. I mean, typically when I smoke like a Nicaraguan cigar, it. You know, you have like that dark earth, like the kind of like more aggressive pepper and, you know, mm. cedar, leather. This one here smokes very differently. To me, it's very creamy. It has like very subtle cedar, but it has like a sweetness in it that I usually correlate with like, you know, tobacco from Dominican. Mm. And to me, that's very interesting. That's why I'm kind of curious, like what regions of Nicaragua is in the cigar. But cause I know... um. For the most part, AJ uses a lot of Estelle tobacco. Right. He's not limited to that, obviously. Right. But in Estelle tobacco has like that kind of black pepper, that yeah, leather to that it. More, so that more punch. Yeah. Than this has. So and then I'll kind of jump a little bit to the drink and the interest in that. The reason why I believe that there might be jalapa in there is when you take a sip of the drink, it gives you that mineral salt flavor you get usually when you get like region tobacco from jalapa. So. There is a lot of complexity in this cigar, and I mean, what, what is the price point on it? It's like eight to ten bucks, probably mm -hmm. around there. Yeah, like yep, for, depending on the size. For that price, I mean, it's it's a very unique cigar, and it definitely has a lot of nuances to it, and it doesn't smoke like what I would consider a cigar having Nicaragua on the band. You know, it's interesting. Well, and that's one of the things too. I think that went into the blending of this is I I mean, if you're a Reserve Real smoker, regular mm -hmm. Connecticut shade Reserve Real, you look for a very specific thing, but this is not totally inaccessible mm. to that smoker. It's not going to knock him on his on his butt and you know leave him in the dust. Right. So it you know if your Real guy wants to you know comes into your store and says, "Hey, I want to try something a little different, maybe a little stronger." You can stay in brand family. <laughs> mm -hmm. You can well, I know you're a reserve Real guy. If you tried the Real Nicaragua, it's just, you know. Yeah, it's not so much that Yeah, you're not taking him from here to you right. know up here. You're kind of gradually coming up you know, just slightly. I'm know. gonna say too, like, you know, construction-wise, I'll mention that on mine now. Like, really good burn. Like, the wrapper is what I immediately noticed when I got when I cut the cigar. Is it's a really smooth wrapper. There's no imperfections on it. Mm -hmm. It's a really tight seam. And again, like the draws, just like you know, water through a straw. You know, it's like, again, you look at that price point. It's very good for what it yeah. is at the shop. So. Mm. 
Breeze or anything left to say? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna keep roll. I'm gonna keep rolling with my categories here. Um, this cigar is very true to what it is. I would classify this as a working and studying cigar. So this is um like right off the bat, I found the aroma to be, um like it it definitely had a presence. Like I got a lot of that spice in the first few hits. I got a lot of that spice in the aroma that was going on when we were first lighting up. Um, and it's mellowing out very nicely and the construction really doesn't need any work at all. Um, so on that note, I would say this is a great cigar. I can picture myself smoking this when I'm like, you know, working on the bar, studying. Um, it's mellowing out a lot. So I guess I'm, I'm not really like um, getting like too much extra from it where it is right now some of the spice is starting to build again um i think that the pairing honestly brings out more in the cigar than it would if i was just smoking the cigar alone so i would say the cigar is great to kind of just carry around mm. not think about and smoke in the background but sitting down and having it with this whiskey is kind of bringing out a little bit of that like sweetness behind it mm. um i can almost even see the cigar going well with the spiced rum um, yeah, I think yeah, that it needs some, some kind of spirit to really bring out its special qualities. I think standalone, it's it's it doesn't really like um have like too much going on, which I don't think is a bad thing. Hence why I say it's like yeah. a great like coffee studying smoking cigar. But I think that like you really get so much more out of this cigar when you pair it with something like the clover whiskey or maybe like a spiced rum. And then Adam's point earlier about like that kind of. You call it like a brown pepper on the nose. When you get to the second third of the cigar, you start getting like that hickory note that I was referring mm. to for the Aladino episode, which mm. you don't really get in Honduran tobacco, but like a really good Nicaraguan cigar, you get like a, kind of a dark oak, like hickory type sweetness out of it. Yeah. I get that in the aroma a little bit too. I was trying mm. to figure out if it was just like the dinner I just had. <laughs> yeah. I smoked <laughs> a glass. definitely that mesquite. And I uh, really brought out um the sweetness in the drink and it brought out a lot of sweet and spice in the cigar like a lot it was really good <laughs> brought a lot, like, a lot. A lot. Mm -hmm. speaking of the drink can you use your marvelous palette and tell us a little bit about what you get off of the clover so i'm really enjoying the clover um again i didn't really get to look that much into this whiskey before um, but it is kind of giving me um, an Irish whiskey vibe. Um, it has like almost a honey sweetness behind yes. it, but not in an intense way. It's in a very um, refined way. It's almost like they they really aged it well and got like, like a little bit of pepper into it. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's not like a boring Irish whiskey where you really get that like oakiness. <laughs> you know, it's not like a let's do a shot of Irish whiskey. <laughs> It's um, I'd say it's more on the refined side. I would almost compare it against um, like you know, a Tullamore Dew, like a like one of the select barrels or, um, yeah, it's I'm enjoying it so far. I've only had about two sips out of it, so I'm kind of waiting to see how the cigar burns down and then maybe mm -hmm. experience more of the whiskey. But so far, I'm getting a lot of that honey sweetness that's complementing well with the cigar, and that's like Good. the primary note I'm getting from it. Nice, nice. Um, definitely getting, you know, a lot of kind of a sweet cream off the cigar. Um, that little bit of earth, definitely a, a 
like a dark cedar kind of wood spice. Um, I am picking up that cinnamon you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely picking that up, especially in the retro ale. It's and I agree, though, Pat, with you. This it isn't the run-of-the-mill Nicaraguan experience. Um, and that, I think, makes this kind of stand out a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, mm. it's uh, like you said, it's a, it's a uh, Nicaraguan cigar that smokers of the Reserva Real could get into yeah. without, yeah. you know, going all hog wild into the... Well, I mean, like, this that we're going to be smoking next is... Yeah, that would be... That's the next a level big up. Big step up. Big step up. Um, are there going to be um, other collaborations with AJ in the works, or...? It would shock me if there weren't. <laughs> um, I know he and Raphael work closely together regularly. Um, so as far as things that I know about, I, I don't know right now. We've taken this calendar year to, I think, do a really excellent job of supporting the new launches we had in the first half of the year, <laughs> like the Heritage, right? you know, things like that. We, we've... It's not that we're slowing down on new product because we have, you know, size, line extensions, things like that, even in Real Nicaragua. No, but we've talked about this in the past. You can't just come out with thing after thing after thing and expect, you know, because stuff starts to get lost. Yeah. I mean, in the summer, we had one launch. Mm -hmm. Full stop. (laughs) And that's normally not how we do things. You know, in the summer, you know, around the trade show time, July, you see a handful of launches all at once. And we launched uh, the Omar Ortiz Connecticut late in the spring, early summer. And that was it for new product. You know, there, there are uh, some limited editions coming down, um, including a, a line extension with AJ of a different blend mm-hmm. uh, coming soon. Uh, mystery remains. You'll have to tune back in okay. next time I'm on, I'm sure. That's very <laughs> um, cryptic. 60 gauge heritage. <laughs> no um <laughs> missed it by that much um, oh it's a seven but <laughs> yeah i might it's a 990 they might be looking for a new they're calling rep. it the chunky <laughs> if, they come, if they come out with a 990 they might need a new rep um but uh but i you know i i, I know we just announced uh recently the launch of the uh, the romeo and juliet envy Mm-hmm. which is kind of a sequel to the Eternal limited edition we've done with the Placencias. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as like new things coming down, like that's kind of at least what I, you know, what you're, what wearing. I know of um, is, is that, and you mm-hmm. know, come the new year, I'm sure. Well, I know there'll be some exciting new launches in the new year, but we haven't really gotten dates on a lot of that stuff yet. Well, let me ask you a question here. That's, uh, you know, <clears throat> feel free to, skirt this if if you want but it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that i've been thinking about with this Uh, you know and you're a rep too you know so you're you're coming at this from you know you're trying to work in cigar shops with different brands and all that stuff how how do you work with somebody like aj who's obviously wicked good Mm -hmm. and, and like you said he's helping everybody but he also has his own line of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it ever a fear that someone's going to smoke this 
and then say, oh, I wonder what else AJ's done, and go to his line of cigars and end up leaving. Sure. I mean, I, I would say that, at least from my perspective mm -hmm. as a sales rep, it's definitely something I think about. Yeah. But I think it also like speaks to what I mentioned before, what he said to us before, how it's important mm -hmm. to him to make a different expression of whatever brand he's working with, not mm -hmm. an AJ Fernandez cigar with somebody else's label on it. Right. Um, you know, I, I would say that, you know, especially this more so than almost anything else he's done this to me, if you took the band off of it and didn't tell me what it was, I would not be able to tell you that AJ Fernandez makes it. It doesn't have a lot of that. I think I can agree with AJ that. AJ background, I can, I can agree with flavor, that and strength that he usually presents. Correct. Very again, very well. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like, you know, um, but I. So I think that is also an important factor where he's mm. not. Yes, he's making them. He's participating in the blending with Raphael and our Grupo de Maestros mm. and. You know they work together to make a Reserve Real Nicaragua, not an AJ Fernandez with a Reserve Real label. Right. Kind of like picking backing off of Adam's point, like <clears throat> from like the tobacconist point of view in the shop. Like I think because of the way AJ kind of systematically blends these cigars, he's not just like pushing something out for somebody for like kind of a monetary sake. He's he takes a lot of passion in the projects he actually does, so it's a unique cigar in itself. Like. With the times I've had AJ smokers, like, they ask me, like, what cigars has AJ made? It's not really pertaining to, like, oh, show me AJ's brand. They just want to see cigars that he's actually blended. So well, that, that, that leads to the, the other side of this whole point. <clears throat> because this is what I've seen. I, I, I have not seen people saying, oh, this cigar is really great. Where's the AJ cigars? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I have seen people smoke AJ cigars and go, oh, he made this too? And then they go that way and they don't go back. So, you know, it, it's it's interesting to me because, uh, you know, it, at least with my experience with, with twins, it seems like the collaborations he does with other companies like your own almost seem to end up getting more legs than his sure. own brand now that's just here I, I can't say that that's everywhere at every other shop but you know it 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 makes me wonder about the whole the the trickiness of the whole collaboration thing. sure and you have a brand of your own and you do it something for somebody else if that becomes the bigger hit does that end up helping you or not right well if you look <clears throat> the last three years just looking at Cigar Aficionado's ratings, mm -hmm. however you want to, you know, I know there are opinions. Sure. But two years ago, number one and number ten cigars of the year, the Aging Room Cuatro Nicaragua and the H. Upman 175th. We sell it. He rolls it and participated in blending with Raphael. Mm -hmm. Last year's number two cigar of the year, the 19, Monte Cristo 1935 number two, he made it and blended it with Raphael, but he makes it in his factory. So when you look at those posts and articles, at, you know, country of origin, Nicaragua, factory, you know, AJ mm -hmm. Fernandez. So it's <clears throat> it's just as good press for him as it is for us well, when, it, when his I collaboration think it, I think hit. it's good press for him, but is it good press for his brand? It would because surprise I... me if people didn't take interest in his brands after finding it 
you know, to you know the quality and what he does with us. But having said that, a lot of the people that do smoke this aren't necessarily AJ smokers. Right. They might be Monte Cristo or Romeo and Juliet H. Upman fans, and they want to mm-hmm. try new things from those lines. So they're I I find we have very loyal customers. Yeah. And just in general, not you know, I don't mean at twins. I just mean overall in my you know oh, travels sure. yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And people are less likely to move away from our brands to other brands Mm -hmm. just because there's somebody else's name on it. But again, I think these are all so unique Yeah, that from, you know, I wouldn't just as a cigar smoker, right. I've been doing smoking cigars half my life. Like I've been doing this for a while. I wouldn't consider this for the last five years. Yeah. yeah, I know. (laughs) A couple weeks. I feel like I'm pretty into it now, but like, again, like most of the brands that, or blends he has created for us, rather, they don't smoke like A.J. Fernandez cigars. Oh, that's it, true. It's really just not what he does, and I think mm-hmm. that's very intentional. Yeah. Oh, you know, totally. I mean, it, it's it certainly doesn't hurt when we have to call him and place an order for thousands of more boxes of something that got a high rating that he produced. It's, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's been, uh, it's been, and he always delivers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely give him that. We haven't been on back order for months on some of these things, like, you know, has happened in the past, but... Mm-hmm. Well, personally, as a manager of Hookset, I can't. I can say that if I have a new customer uh, in the store that's from somewhere else, out of state, or something like that, nine times out of ten, the first two brands they ask for are either Monte Cristo or Romeo and Juliet. I mean, they are the most widely recognized cigar brands in the world, for good or for ill, right? Like people know it, people want it. True. So, you know, it's. uh, I'll take it. I'm not. I'm not going to mm. complain. I love those are my people. <laughs> I like what they do. <clears throat> Let me take a minute to talk about the launch that we're going to have this Friday. Yes. With the Clover here. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very new to Twins, like I said. <clears throat> and um, this Friday, November 11th, all day, and that's all day that the lounge and bar is open. You know, when the lounge is closed and we're open downstairs, these specials don't go on because there's no one at the bar. (laughs) Let's be clear about this, you know. So, but the whole day that the uh, bar is open, uh, the clover is going to be available for $7.24 for a single all day long. And I know what I'm doing. Right. mm -hmm, You can get that paired with a 724 1874 corona or robusto you pick pick your size for 15 bucks you know those cigars go for 10 bucks a piece so that's a a really good deal um it's amazing that they actually went with that suggestion of 15 bucks but you know so it's but just that day after that, the only time you're going to get Clover for 724 is when it's 724 at night. Every night at 724, all of our barrel selects are available at that price. Except for Weller. Except for Weller. Yeah, because Weller. Because Weller, right? <laughs> that makes sense to me. Well, uh, it's Weller. You know, that's why. Oh, look, there's Kurt out there. He's like, hi, Kurt. How you doing? Um <laughs> So that's the deal. It, all day long, fifteen bucks for that pairing. Pick your favorite thing. Do you like a, 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 you know, 
regular Robusto, if you like a smaller ring gauge, the Corona, both of those are great. That Corona. And the uh, 1874 uh, series that Kurt puts out, they go fantastic with this stuff. So I totally recommend being here. If you're anywhere in the New England area, come in, stop by. You'll have a good time. Hmm. You're going to be here? Possibly. Maybe. But I will say the 1874 series is one of my personal favorites out of all of our 724 lines mm -hmm. um, and i feel like it's one that people forget about a lot yep. um it's also one that we i think might we, we might not have pushed it as much just because it is um i i think one of our hidden gems mm. you know it's it's you know between the 1874 it's our only lancero which i will say as a lancero lover um, and it's well, also there's, there's one regular of, core Lancero too. Yeah, there is. But like the 1874 Lancero just has like, um, that class to it. It's, it's definitely <laughs> one of our more vintage lines, you know, it's very true. It's, it's, um, very unique. And mm -hmm. I think it gets, um, uh, overlooked a lot coming off as our, one of our more vintage lines. It's, yeah. 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 Mm. The, the, uh, Corona and the Toro are two of my favorite sizes in that mm. too. So. Yep. I'll probably be taking advantage of the fact that the Corona's there. Very consistent. <laughs> so Rod thought that he got the uh, the right cigar for tonight, but he actually got the Dominican Reserve Real. And the re regular red the label. Regular, right? Yeah, and he's uh, he says significant differences, but uh, he feels like he gets uh, um, starts his graham cracker. Lightly buttered with a sprinkle of cinnamon sugar. Ooh. Now he's getting some more cedar wood. Certainly no earth or pepper. And he says he'd reach for the Nicaragua as he'd like a bit more strength. You definitely get that with us. Yes. So I, I would say he would be looking for this on his palate more mm -hmm. than that. Yep. Connecticut wrapper one. And so. I totally agree with you. Straight medium. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me what a medium bodied cigar is. That's all this. day long yep i'm really happy that he said graham cracker because i was trying to figure <laughs> out if i was getting that from the whiskey or the cigar mm. <laughs> he's smoking a different cigar every don't give me my <laughs> secrets pat i'm getting something that's like baking spicy mm. I, don't know. I don't know what it is but i'm getting it this one is so <clears throat> adam you know that one of the things we like to do on the show is uh, Cigar Confessions. Yes. <clears throat> and when we have a guest on, I like to ask them what their cigar pet peeve right now mm. is. And that can be something that you wish people would stop for the love of God doing <laughs> so that they would enjoy their cigar experience better or something you wish they would start doing so that they could enjoy their experience better. What's, what's one of your big... You know, you're going around all New England. Mm -hmm. You see all sorts of people do all sorts of stuff. How they cut, how they light, how they smoke. So I would ask people hmm. to pay attention to their cigar. Now, we're all sitting around talking, chatting. You know, this is normal when you're yep. smoking a cigar. Yep. It's one of the things I love about smoking cigars, right? Like I had a, um, I did a cigar dinner a few days ago. Uh, in Rhode Island at a a country club I can't believe they let me into and uh, even just to work for the day two people cut their cigar chatting 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 not talking like not paying attention 
split the end they cut. <laughs> two people. <laughs> two people one night. A customer did that last week. It was and I have best. seen in the last few weeks two other people do the same thing. It's not a big deal. It's not a problem. It's not going to ruin somebody's day. Debris. But, you know, you pay money for this stuff. <laughs> I feel like we should pay attention. Yeah. And if we could also maybe not ash on ourselves as much as we <laughs> uh, That's maybe. a very recent thing. That's a very new feeling. Um, but as I, like, wipe off the yeah <laughs> the ash from my shirt. But I think we just, if we pay just a little, little more attention. Yeah. You know? I, sometimes we just, you know, I think it's part of the American subculture that we just rush, you know, and not pay attention to what we're doing, which is obviously what happened. Well, it happens to me all the time. That's why I brought That's why you cut the, the wrong... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I pay attention to everything. I never mm-hmm. messed up. Mm-hmm. Flawless. I will say, by the way, though, at that dinner, uh, I did have those guys smoke their, their glasses, mm-hmm. as you guys all taught. Yep. Went over very well. See, so we're here to make you look no, good. No, you just make me look good. I'm just we're here to make you, you know, look good. Here to have this much knowledge mm. and you know, just pass along the rest of it, you know. So, Dave, you were saying you saw a customer do the same thing. Recently? No, I didn't see that he came in and, and was upset because he was looking forward to the cigar and he was out having drinks with friends and he. <laughs> Lit the end that he cut, and yeah, he was kind of you know poking fun at himself. Don't drink and smoke at the same time. I mean, I've definitely seen people even put the lid end in their mouth because they weren't paying attention. Not yeah, recently, but I'd, I've seen I'd be it a liar if I said I didn't do that in I, a dark I, place. <laughs> you know, knock on wood here, I've not done that. But yep. you know, it's a matter of time. I'm certain. I feel like that's a Most natural likely. sobriety test. If I'm going to be honest with you, <laughs> we might be done. Yeah. Have you seen that, Pat? Have you seen somebody cut their cigar? And then try and light that end of the cigar. I've seen people like cut a cigar and then light us light it with like the paper footband on it. <laughs> That's a good move too. Like the um, a couple weeks ago, there was a gentleman that lit up a, a Rocky Disciple that has like the paper band that covers the entirety of the cigar. <laughs> it's not a leaf. It's I was going to say that's the whole, <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Saturday nights. <laughs> Saturday nights at Twins. Yep. I didn't know we were having drink service. Sean, if you're up. <laughs> you know. Is bourbon not enough? You need the Red Bull too? Yeah, the bourbon lowers the sugar. The Red Bull gets it back up. Yeah, I was going to say the bourbon will bring yeah, that you right? gotta like, keep yeah. it you got to balance. got to keep the flux you'll, you'll going. You'll start dropping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, can't have that. Nope. No, no, can't, can't do that at all. <laughs> um. I want to make sure we have time to go over the next cigar here. What's the final verdict on the uh, Reserva Real Nicaragua? I really like the way it plays with the uh, with the beverage. Um, I think it complements it really well. Uh, I think they complement each other very well. I think it brings out uh, some of the sweetness in the drink, and I believe it brings out some of the sweetness in the cigar as well as enhance the pepper for me. Uh, that's what I'm getting from it. At least from when I smoked the glass. I don't know if anybody else. Yeah, when I one. when I smoked the glass, it really it was, like, it was a different experience. I was yeah. like, oh, all right, can't be upset about that. No, sir. <coughs> Patty. <coughs> yeah, the um, 
kind of echoing what I said in the beginning. Like, it doesn't really smoke like your typical Nicaraguan cigar. It, um, definitely, like, getting on the back third of it, it definitely does increase to, like, more of, like, a... I'm not going to call it a medium plus, but more of, like, an in-between of a medium, medium plus. Yep. And, yeah, it's it really okay. complemented the clover really well. I mean, the sweetness from the bourbon came out and it kind of interestingly brought out what I would just guess is jalapa. I don't know what, what's in this cigar, but it brought out that kind of mineral salt note to it. Mm-hmm. I would guess jalapa. Like, again, I don't... I just know Nicaragua. But yep. a- experiencing it... It, to me, jump like Jalapa very forward. Yeah, is, so is what I would guess it, it brings that tobacco out more. So the pairing itself, I would say, is phenomenal pairing. Right. Which is why I'm kind of interested to see how the 1874 pairing goes because that has Nicaraguan Jalapa in it as well. So seeing how that kind of goes with what I would presume is in this cigar, I think that's going to be a really good pairing as well. But yep. yeah, definitely. You know, if you're a Honestly, not even just like an alternate smoker. If you like Nicaraguan cigars, be like more of that kind of refined experience. Like, this is definitely something I was just reaching for. And again, construction was on point. Yeah, definitely. The, the burn was well, like <clears throat> perfect draw. Like, there's really no negatives I can really say for it. Mm-hmm. Your Brinus. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think what I like about the 1874 is um what i like about this going back to the whole uh nicaraguan tobacco um but i'm getting almost um that like mild dessert feel with this pair with this pairing um like you're getting the honey from the whiskey you're getting that like hint of sweetness with the cigar and on top of that like the aroma that i'm getting from the cigar with that like little hint of cinnamon Mm. um Oh, it's not quite like a, a chocolatey feel, but it's almost that um like that rich note between the aroma and um like what I get on my palate that I'm enjoying with this cigar that I get from the eighteen seventy four. So I'm also on the boat of I'm curious how an eighteen seventy four series um would pair with this bourbon. Um and I think that between that cigar and this cigar, they're both great pairings to have mm-hmm. with the clover whiskey yeah it's a great pairing yeah very good all right we're going to take a little bit of a break when we come back we're going to be doing the h upman nicaragua by aj fernandez heritage corona we'll be back in just a few minutes don't go anywhere we need time after to identify this problem we do because i noticed that it was only four all right everybody we are back thanks for being with us make sure you hit that subscribe button if you are streaming with us live on facebook or youtube if you're listening after the fact on uh podbean itunes itunes spotify google iHeartRadio, wherever you got this podcast from make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing i'm pastor padrone i'm here with debris pat dave and Adam from Altidus. We can call I, him uh, Altidus Adam. Can I jump in with an audience comment? Mm. That I just of received? course, yes. I don't know how you're going to take this, Pat, but apparently you are a cigar ingredient rain man. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, forget, I forget he's that much younger. Should I be offended? <laughs> no. 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 Nope. Need no. underwear. <laughs> <laughs> mm, underwear. Oh, because I'm, I'm just guessing what's in the thing? Is that what? I don't know. You, what does it mean? Oh. You just know. What does it even mean? I don't he's know what it means. Get, he's got to get out of here pretty quick to go home and watch Wap. So that's all. It now we are smoking this. This is the uh, H. Upman Nicaragua A.J. Fernandez Heritage Corona, which 
is one of the longest cigar names we've had on the yeah. show. Just go ahead and call it the Heritage. The Heritage. H-Up Heritage. I, H-Up cut out, and Heritage. I cut out the middle. You cut out the middleman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, this one is a Corona. It's five and a half by forty-four, and Nicaraguan binder filler, but it's a Brazilian Matafina. Triple fermented wrapper. Brazilian Matafina wrap. Triple fermented. Now, for those of the people who may not know what that means, what does triple fermented mean? So, so it means you dip it in something three different times. They, well, I mean, it can mean that if that's what you want, <laughs> but uh, in reality, it's basically. Uh, aged three times as long as normal in the pilones and the tobacco barns and the giant stacks of and what does that do to the wrapper so what it does is it gives the wrapper extra time to exude all of the gases and natural chemicals like ammonia that Mm -hmm. exist in the tobacco uh tends to make it a smoother experience and takes away a little bit of the strength and adds a little sweetness to it as well yes Yes. yeah Very good. Oh, Bree's having a Bree's having like she's got like four <laughs> different pairings going on here. You got the water, you got the Red Bull, like bourbon. Yeah, what is that? It's what, grenadine. It's grenadine. Just in case. Just in case. Oh, yeah. some sugar, straight sugar. Sugar was a little bit low. <laughs> well, you, just sugar if, water. If, if, that that should not be a problem after tonight. <laughs> let me tell you, your sugar is going to be the, just fine. The bourbon tends to drop it. So. <laughs> bourbon tends to drop the sugar. Yes. How does how does that how does that work? It's the alcohol. It's the, the, alco- the alcohol. alcohol the, the alcohol content lowers the sugar. Now, uh, uh, you enjoy your drinks and bourbon and tequilas so. and all that. And, and, and as somebody who does have to deal with with diabetes too, how does how are you able to? It seems like sometimes things just happen. You need to really be on top of things how, how do you do that what kind of things do you have in place to keep you from like passing out and <laughs> ashing on pat's pants <laughs> there's those look very that, that's always gonna pants. happen i'm always careful. going to ash on pants now um it's all moderational i mean type 1 diabetes is weird it's it's not always like cut and paste but mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for the most part, it's just monitoring and like watching intake. Um, alcohol can be tricky because mm-hmm. it's technically all sugar-based in some capacity. Right. Um, but the initial impact sometimes you have to remember is going to affect you, especially, I mean, I, I ate, so that's why I wasn't anticipating this. Like right. sometimes it throws you for a curve. It's mm-hmm. just the ratio is off with insulin to food or something hasn't necessarily kicked in yet. Um, so it's, it's really just monitoring and, um, try to keep everything in moderation. So having had two Red Bulls tonight, are you, are you going to be able to sleep tonight? So I've had one Red Bull and I (laughs) will definitely finish the next one by the end of the night. And I will sleep like a baby because caffeine appears to have no effect on me. It's a bartender thing. You're not the only one. I don't expect you to understand it. No, I'm the same. I can, I can have coffee any time of day. And go to bed and sleep like a baby. Um, I, I don't know why that is. That's pace. I need my coffee in the morning. I need it to wake me up. But it, it, it doesn't keep me up. Yes. Mm. It wakes me up, but it doesn't keep me up. <laughs> and I don't know why that is. Do you have any explanation it's, it's for one that? Of, one of the mysteries of the universe, I think. Do you have a, do you have a scientific explanation for that, Pat? Diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes. Diabetes. Is that a... <clears throat> Diabetes. There you go. So, 
let's talk a little bit about uh, the cigar here before we get into the pairing of it with the clover. Um, mm. Pat, why don't we start with you this time? What do you, what do you? This is a cigar you really like. I see you smoking this one fairly often. What do you what do you pick up with it? Yeah, so I mean, <clears throat> to me, like Brazilian tobacco gives me kind of like a raisiny kind of sweetness to it, mm. like kind of like a. Uh, yeah, I raise any. I'll keep it there. So, it <laughs> keep it clean, Pat. Keep it clean. So yeah. again, like not knowing the Nicaraguan tobacco in the cigar, just based off of the smoking it's experience, really I can say that it's probably some of AJ's more traditional tobacco. That's more of like that Nicaraguan kick, maybe mm -hmm. Esteli tobacco. That you know, it gives you that kind of you know black pepper and like that nice earthiness, a dark leather. So it's this is a really good cigar for me, having that triple fermented wrapper. So again, you get those like nice natural mm, sugars from the tobacco leaf. It's more refined. Again, this is a stronger cigar. Like we've mentioned in the past, when you get like those Maduro wrappers, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a strong cigar. In this sense, the wrapper itself, when it comes to nicotine content, is going to be a little bit lower. But I think the filler tobacco that he utilizes in this blend is going to be more of like that. But um, the cigar gives me. Again, like those Nicaraguan flavors, but that Montefina, not Mon is it Montefina? Yeah. Montefina wrapper yeah. mm. gives me like that nice kind of topping, like raisiny sweetness that kind of like mingles those flavors together. It makes it kind of balanced and more refined. And again, like that wrapper, when you draw from the cigar, it leaves kind of a sweetness on the tip of your tongue and your lips just because, of, again, the nature of the wrapper. So, yeah, it's that's why I reached for it. I mean, the Toro and the Corona are kind of like neck to neck with me. Again, like the Coronas give me more of that wrapper. But the Toro, I think, has a little bit more strength to it, which is what I look for again. I think the fillers he's using is where that's coming from. But, yeah. Yeah, which is, I think it's a little bit different from most blends. When they go from Toro to Corona or Lonsdale, Lancero, they tend to, the strength tends to kick a little bit. But given that you're, you're right with the filler on this is from Esteli. So I think the Corona smokes maybe not quite as strong as the other sizes. And it's not a bad thing, I don't think, personally. Um, you know, really? but I, 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 I'm getting old. So my full body taste of my old? 20s have tapered down to more of a medium How, body. What are, what are you, 30 oh. now? <laughs> Which, you're still in your 20s? No. <laughs> closer to 40 than 30. You're closer to 40. Oh, poor dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting old, people. Getting He's old. getting close to 40. You. Better shoot the him now. The big four zero. It's not far away. Like, this knee always hurt. This one's starting to. Yeah. Like, just because. So he's yeah. the middle child of this podcast right now. Yes. Essentially. I don't yeah. know if I can remember my 40s anymore. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah. My long 30s. Just clinging with both hands. Yeah, you're being, clinging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it when 20 somethings say, I just can't do it like I used to. I'm just getting old. I'm like, you, you, have, no freaking, you have no freaking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Little wanker. Mm -hmm. Dave, what are you getting from the cigar here? Well, the Brazilian Matafina is just always so awesome for that like sweetness and like that salt and peppery. Like, I'm getting a lot of pepper. Um, Are you getting salt? A little bit, a little bit of salt, but more pepper. And uh, no, I'm so not really have said salt and pepper, or just mm, pepper. Just it's salt, but more it's salt, pepper. But you like salt. I do like salt. I'm not complaining. You're always looking for salt. <laughs> All right. I am always looking for salt, but it's it's not so creamy as the last cigar. 
Um, and I'm, I feel like this is it's a good follow up to that. It's a good I'm glad we didn't yeah. do it the other way around. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it feels like a little bit has a, like a little bit more of a kick to it to me. Um, I'm also getting a little bit more leather where I feel like the other one was more earth forward. I feel like this one's more leather. Um, I'm not really getting too much raisin though. I feel like, but that's me. Do you like raisins? I do. Do you eat raisins? I do eat raisins. When do you eat raisins? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> See, that, when, it's, when thing, it's like when they're in like a, a salad, I guess, or something. So like I'm going out hunting after the sun made, you know. So you don't eat raisins. I eat raisins. Uh, Pat, do you eat raisins? Sure. Sure? <laughs> Affirmative. So when do you eat raisins? <laughs> when I eat them, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, trail mix? Trail, yeah. trail mix? Ooh, good answer. Good pull. Yeah. Good pull there. You, you have trail mix fairly often, Pat? Uh, no. no. When he's on the trail. No. He's only on the trail. <laughs> he's only on the trail. Okay. All right. So... Uh, all kidding aside, I, I understand what Pat's saying with the, the raisiny kind of sweetness. I don't know that, <clears throat> you know, it's it's certainly not like the cigar tastes like a raisin. Mm. But there is a, a dark, you know, kind of either a, a figgy or raisiny or well, kind, it's like of, that kind, spice of, that's kind of like a kind pepper. of sweetness. You know what I mean? It's very subtle. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, and so, I, if I were going to pick something, I would probably say raisiny kind of sweetness yeah. to it. And, I, I do find this much more savory than mm -hmm. your average Maduro. Like, you know, you, I wouldn't expect it. Yeah, you know, savory might even be a better adjective for that. A yeah. savory sweetness. A savory. That's why I went to college yeah. for six years. Six years. Six years. Yeah. <laughs> 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 A lot of people go to college for nine years. I've been going to this high school for nine and a half years. I'm no dummy. <laughs> Great wow. movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Do you know what movie that's from, Pat? Oh, yeah. That, that, that's sad. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, what do we think about the, the pairing with this? Has anyone tried to... Pair the clover yet? I mean, I've been really enjoying the cigar. I, I haven't yet, but uh, I know I can see Adam. He's smoking the glass. The smoke's going up his nose. He's probably going to sneeze. <laughs> He's holding it. <laughs> <laughs> Dave couldn't hold it. <laughs> I was just trying to have the whiskey not come out my nose. Mm -hmm. mm. The sweetness kind of popped out to me after I smoked the glass, like that that dried fruit, you know, raisin flavor you guys were talking about. Right, definitely pops out to me, you know, after smoking the glass and having drawing on the cigar. Hmm, I think the cigar really transfers some of that oh wow raisiny sweetness into, into the, the into bourbon. The, right, yeah. mm -hmm. totally just got that, which is really really good. To me, the mm -hmm. bourbon adds like a spearmint to the cigar. Mm. Spearmint. Yep. I wonder, you know how like, I don't know, I, Dave. I really wonder if this would, I feel like if this was aged in like a bourbon bottle, it would really bring out the raisin. 
like it would just taste like a raisin kind of like how like the factory 57 when you age it in a bottle mm -hmm. it tastes like blueberries but i i want so are it. you saying it does taste like raisin now yeah from the from from the smoke drink yes from the smoke drink mm -hmm. okay so you're you're picking that up now having done the pairing <clears throat> um pat do you get more of that raisiny sweetness in the pairing when you have uh i got like a, like a spearmint like you... really dark chocolate like the oak wood moves forward and i got like that kind of like sensation you have when you have that really like really <laughs> kind Double of spearmint <laughs> also before his time. <laughs> I was gonna say you're just missing. <laughs> What's a cassette? Um, Bree, what about you? What are you what are you picking up? It's interesting. I'm still figuring it out, but um I was so really, getting... really thinking you were gonna go back to your grandfather's house. Well, in a way I am. Too late. <laughs> so I think like what Pat's kind of getting with that spearmint essence is like like you know when you choose spearmint gum it's not necessarily like the mint freshness. that hits you not yeah the freshness it's refreshing but you're also getting that um flavor release of like like spearmint is kind of like a sweet mint so along with it being refreshing you're almost getting that like release of flavor that like sweetness um so with the cigar i found that like compared to the first one um initially like the first cigar we smoked you know i i got the initial hit of cinnamon it off almost the bat, adds like and a it mellowed out it. yeah but this one um the pepper that mm. i got from like the very first hit has completely disappeared and now um i'm getting like the strength and the like the full-bodied flavor behind the cigar mm -hmm. without it really feeling like it's like a medium to full cigar and then when you take the whiskey and you put it with that it almost creates like a very refreshing sweetness it's like that that natural sweetness yeah. that you get from spearmint so it's it's not like overpowering it's not overbearing but it's just very subtle and it kind of makes your taste buds kind of flip into action <laughs> it's like msg Yes, exactly. I think the, I think the real the real Nicaragua is more of like a front of the tongue flavor to it, and this more hits more of my the sides than mm -hmm. yeah, yeah the real. Yeah, I can agree yeah. with that. Just the experiment. Yeah. Now, what did you think of when, when you smoked the glass and had it? Did you would you agree disagree with what you heard? Were you, were you on top or? of a mountain skiing? <clears throat> Very yes, it was extraordinarily refreshing. Um, no, I like it was definitely sweeter. And more like of that like dried fruit forward mm -hmm. experience, um, you know this cigar to me like in general across the line is more like it's a richer flavor to me, and I think a lot of that subtle, you know, the dried fruit raisin type sweetness kind of mm. for my palate gets a little lost, right? You know, in that like it because it's a different kind of experience. Whereas I had more cedar in the Nicaragua, the Rosario Nicaragua. I get more of like a oaky, heavier wood flavor, yes. not like a cedar yes. flavor, like just a Much heavier more of an wood oaky flavor. wood. Yep. And when I smoked the glass and tried the pairing that way, that kind of got way more subtle in the, and the sweetness came over. Yeah, sweetness. Yep. Um, now, <clears throat> Upman is also traditionally, a, you know, a, a Dominican blend yes. cigar, correct? So. And, and unlike the Reserva Real, uh, AJ, 
this is much more traditional Nicaraguan. Yes. You know, I, yep. it, it's a more full-bodied. I mean, yeah, the Matafina, you know, modifies that, you know, certainly modifies to it. Modifies it. I see what you mean. <clears throat> but Matafina <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> One person listens when Did I talk. Did you hear that, Kurt? <laughs> we have created a new word. Yes. Modified. Modifinified. Modifinified. Yes. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll, wow. enjoy, he'll either love that or he'll fire you. I'm not sure which. I'll uh, bring it really, to him. It really just depends I'll, on I'll bring it to what tequila he's drinking right now. Um, but uh, um, Whereas it was very clear to, from our discussion and our experience that the Reserva Real was kind of like a a nuanced Reserva Real. Mm -hmm. This is a very different experience than than your yes. H. Upman. So, what was you know what made? Do you have any idea what made them decide to go into a really fuller-bodied Nicaraguan? Sure. For for a for this particular cigar, because this isn't something you normally go for right. in, a, in an up. So when I look at it from the sales point of view, mm -hmm. from my point of view, it rounds out the H. Upman portfolio mm -hmm. by giving you options like our H. Upman core lines, the 1844 lines, the right. classic, the reserve, the Añejo, the vintage Cameroon. It's a wide selection, but does not feature a really a full bodied experience. Right, right. And when you add the, the more contemporary line, like the, the original AJ, it mm -hmm. kind of pushes into that medium medium plus if you smoke fast, like mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. um, fast smoker. I, I smoke like, fast. Like mm -hmm. I'm still stealing them from furious. my dad's humidor in high school. <laughs> like, it was, like legitimately. <laughs> um, you know, when you got to smoke it and like shower, brush your teeth and have all the evidence gone by the time mm -hmm. dad gets home. Um, that's how I still smoke and I'm, I'm an adult. Uh, <laughs> so... You well, know. that was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Five seconds ago. But uh, I, I think it balances the, the portfolio, mm. you know, where, you know, yeah, your H. Upman Classic guy might is, might not be his his thing for right, sure. Right, right. But, you know, I think it's a, a solid addition in that it rounds it out. Now, there's a selection for every smoker in this, totally agree in with this that. line. Totally you know? agree with that. Um, you know, you can bring any smoker at any level to H. Upman now. Mm -hmm. and find something for them mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know whether that was the intention when they started you know i don't i i you know i'm not Raphael and aj but it seems yeah. to me from logically from a sales perspective like now you have something for every category right in that line right um without jumping your price point you know two or three dollars like you're still mm. in that that h upman price range sure you know um and it's it's to me h upman has always been a line where you know, you get what you pay for. It is a solid, mm -hmm. everyday type of smoke. You know, it's not a special occasion, super premium, you know, $18, $19, 20 cigar. Mm -hmm. But it, it's a, it's a oh, I hesitate to say working man cigar because it sounds kind of But it's know, a negative, solid cigar But for it's the a money. solid everyday cigar and you totally yep. get what you pay for. Right. And so when you are looking at that line, now you can go, oh, I like milder on the sweet side. Here's the vintage camera. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I prefer something, you know, more full-bodied. Well, there here you go. we go. You know, like we, yep. we, we have that option for you. And um, it was something that was missing for forever. It, you know, I mean, mm. the H. Upman Banker was probably the closest thing that got there. And that's a medium-bodied cigar. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
you have a pain ninja about the banker? We we did a we, we did history. a we did a blind <laughs> taste test, and uh, the banker was the cigar that we used. And when Nick Flanagan, you know, realized what it was, you know, he's like. Oh, the banker. I love the banker. I smoke the banker all the time. I smoke hundreds of those cigars all the time. And and Paul and I are looking at each other. I don't think I've ever seen him smoke a banker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, no, you know. It was just one of those things. He really loved it. He really enjoyed it. But it was like... Um, he did always have well, nice things to say to me about the banker. So. The cigar? Yes. Okay. <laughs> just want to make sure we're not going to any that, euphemisms or anything like that. No, wasn't that the I'm very not, uh, this is a family show? I'm not smart enough to be that dumb. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, Pat, you had some, you had a discussion you wanted to bring up at some point in the show tonight. Yeah, and at this point, sure. I'll, I'll turn the uh, table over to you. Yeah, so uh, the, I guess the tobacco talk for the day would be. Um, Thank you, Pat. Well, no, that's that's not again. But, um, <laughs> new segment, new segment. So, I guess what I want to talk about, especially since all to this is like a really good kind of thought experiment for this concept, is the idea of blending. So you know, should it, you have like kind of two general breakups of blending. You have the puro, and then everything else, right? So the puro is like the first cigar that we smoked today where it's a Nicaraguan Puro, which means that all of the tobacco utilized in the blend is from Nicaragua, where the latter cigar that we're smoking currently is everything else, where it has Nicaraguan binder and filler, but it utilizes a wrapper from a different region. So I guess the conversation that I kind of want to have is what's the the perks and disadvantages of each and what's your preference like a lot of the time when you have a puro you're utilizing obviously tobacco from the same region but now you're kind of experimenting with different primings you know different kind of varietals from that region and you're getting really a pure characteristic of that region but you can kind of take the different tobaccos and express it a different way but it's kind of restricted to what that region has to offer where when you put in this case a monofina wrapper on the cigar now you can introduce like this kind of sweetness you don't get if you just limited it to the puro mm -hmm. and i know that altidus has puros like plenty of them and then they also have like cigars that have dominican nicaraguan tobacco in them and so it's kind of an interesting kind of way to look at it you know personally i like both obviously but i think that you know when i'm doing like reviews online it's really interesting seeing a puro seeing what these blenders can really get the out of the expression of the cigar you you know limiting themselves to that region but then when you have a cigar that has different, like a, a diverse selection of tobacco from different regions, it really kind of gives you more of a unique experience in some senses. So that's kind of the general crux of it. So I guess my first question, which I'll start with Adam, is your general thoughts on the products you have that are puros and then use everything else, and what is like your kind of opinion of it? Like for me, for instance, like. Dominican, like I said in the beginning of the show, has like a sweetness to it where like Nicaraguan Jalapa has like the kind of mineral salt. So naturally on your palate, when you want to get that umami flavor, like that savory flavor, sweet and salty just mingle well together. And mm -hmm. so what is your kind of opinion with what Altidus is doing in that? So I, I think that the Reserve Rail Nicaragua is our best puro. And I think it's not. I close. definitely agree with that. Um, you know, I think the balance that they've achieved in that is is what you're looking for 
in a puro and in my in my just general opinion rather than just about the cigars we make i i have found recently that like i prefer blends to puros mm -hmm. because they can experiment more and like supplement different flavors and strengths and, and balance different you know experiences a little bit better than and i mean in general they being all all blenders you know because i feel like unless a region is really what you're looking for you can miss easier with a puro you know you kind of gotta this is really what i want and this is just as a cigar smoker right like it's it's something that you know to me you get a little less nuance a lot of the time and you know we have on our company side a few different blends that they're not necessarily new but they're you know especially new to the u.s market mm -hmm. um we have one the vegafina 98 it's a five country blend and it's just a crazy good cigar it's really tasty and it's just it's different you know because it, it's not a, like a lot of times there'll be two or three different you know countries of origin for the tobaccos in a blend and this they really kind of you know shot for it and they came up with a great blend you know so it, it can cut both ways for sure i mean i think i would say i probably smoke at this point more blends than puros but mm -hmm. i think it's just a personal you know preference at this point you know um because you also see different expressions of different countries tobaccos like for instance we talk about nicaraguan tending to be a little stronger you know having a little more punch well the predominant filler tobaccos in reserva real and monty white they're dominican and nicaraguan mm -hmm. so it's that blend that you're talking about where <clears throat> a lot of people have no idea there's nicaraguan tobacco in the lightest cigars that we offer because in their heads they're not strong enough to have Nicaraguan tobacco in them you know so it's I think it's a very interesting you know way to get people onto different tobaccos using those blends yeah and to me being like a cigar geek like when I have a puro it's really interesting to me because like you know that all the tobacco you're smoking is from that same region and then you can kind of see what nuances they have to offer by mm -hmm. only limiting themselves to that tobacco but then when you have a cigar like that utilizes different tobacco you know as a blender again i'm not a blender by any means i've never blended anything right. but I, I blended protein shakes before that's about it but, <laughs> yeah. but as a blender you know if, if i'm smoking like some nicaraguan tobacco and i'm like all right this is good has a little bit of oomph to it what can I do to balance this? You know, it's all right. about balancing. So now I use other tobacco, like oh, I'll put a Dominican leaf in there to kind of combat that saltiness, a little bit of sweetness. So you kind of can cater more to a general populace of smokers sure. instead of like, you know, having one region. And yep. I guess to the rest of the panel, I can kind of focus this comment on, you know, 724 being the house mm -hmm. brand where you have the 1874 <clears throat> that has a Nicaraguan Jalapa wrapper, an Indonesian binder, and then Nicaraguan Jalapa fillers. Where the expression of the 113 being his limited cigar for the um, shop in Texas is a Nicaragua Jalapa Puro. So just off of that alone, you can, and again, the 113 in my opinion is Kurt's, other than the Cigar Cars and Cycles, that's, you know, exception. But the 113 is one of my favorite 724 cigars. Mm -hmm. And if you smoke that next to the 1874, there's a lot of similarities to them, but the 113 just kind of takes it another step to me at least. And again, it's utilizing tobacco from that region, right? So I guess like to kind of ask you guys the question, like even in that comparison of 724, like what is your opinion based on like the Puro and just like the, you know, utilizing other regions of tobacco in the 1874? 
one of my favorites is just the the core line, you know, and that's what seven different regions, you know, six. it's like the six. six well, the, the original original core line six different now, but but uh, you know, it's just I definitely have to say I smoke more uh, non puros. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Looking at that, have you, I mean, I'm assuming you've sold the, the 113, the 1874, right? Mm -hmm. So what is pros and cons of both cigars? Oh, he didn't study for this test. No, it's, it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I've never really, I, I don't, I don't geek out that much into it. So, you know, I like, um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. You know, I just, I, I like them separately for what they are. And what would those reasons be? What do you like about each? Jeez, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I can't remember yesterday, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so, then bouncing the Dan, since you referred earlier to the 1874 Toro is one of your favorite sizes, and then obviously the 113 is a Toro, so yep. what would your answer be? Um, generally speaking, I find myself gravitating towards uh, multi-country blends. Uh, I, I think that you are able to get a lot more nuance in uh, the palate experience doing that. Um, I think a great... A, Probably the best example of that to me would be like a um, take the Byron, you know, by Selected Tobacco. <clears throat> Those are blended to be very Cuban-esque. And I think one of the reasons that they succeed is that they are using multi-country blends to recreate something that existed, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 100 years ago. But their blending model is based on a Puro, though. So they're basing it off of a Cuban cigar that is a Puro. But I would and I would argue that having smoked Cuban Puros and smoking a, let's say, a, a Byron Grand Poema White Box, you get that Cuban experience, but it's a much more nuanced complex experience than your traditional cuban cigar i mean when you you know you know cuba's there's what i think there's two growing regions in cuba you know there's there's only a whole lot you there's not a whole lot you can do with a and b you know um when you get into nicaragua when you get into the dominican when you get into honduras there's different growing regions there's more options there brazil <clears throat> i Reyes, think connecticut you know. i think when you you know, take you mentioned the the car cigars and cycles cigar that uh, Kurt put out, which was his first Honduran puro. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're you're highlighting the best of what um, Honduran tobacco I think has to offer in something like that. With the Reserva Real Nicaraguan here, I think we're highlighting some of the best of what you can do with Nicaraguan blending to create a medium-bodied cigar. Um, and AJ, I think, does that better than most 
out there. He's he's you know a force to be reckoned with when it comes to. There's a reason that everyone and their mother is knocking on his door asking to make cigars for them, you know. And um, <clears throat> when it comes to the the 113 and the 1874, the 1874 does have a little bit of Honduran tobacco in it. It's not a straight Nicaraguan Puro. And I think that extra little bit of uh, Honduran Lajero that's in there really gives that cigar some pizzazz that it wouldn't have if it were just a straight Nicaraguan Puro that way. And um, I'm a big fan of the 113. The depth, the 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 cocoa notes, the coffee notes, the earthiness, the mild spice in that cigar. Typically, when you smoke a Nicaraguan, you're, you know, preparing yourself for blasts of white pepper. And in, it's true with the Factory 57 line, too. You don't get that. There's, there's definitely the spice there, but it's not that same real, you know, white pepper spice that you get, like, from a Padron or something. So, I like them both, the Puro and the the blended cigar. Um, but I think you really kind of it, it's it's kind of the same thing with with like a a a, a, a traditional you know Scotch single malt Scotch versus you know a blended whiskey. You know you really have to be very good to make something from one particular batch of things. Um, and in bourbons, you can go and get a whole slew of different flavors and experiences that scotch is never going to offer you because of the different ingredients that are utilized in that process. Mm. And I think, for me, sometimes I'm wanting scotch, sometimes I'm wanting bourbon, sometimes I'm wanting wine, sometimes I'm wanting a beer. And if you want a beer, scotch ain't going to cut it. If you're wanting wine, bourbon isn't going to cut it, and vice versa. And, and so for me, it's, it's, you know, what's my palate telling me it wants, you know, at the particular time I'm smoking? As far as, you know, Kurtz blends go, I would agree that the, the 113, um, which is a limited cigar, and once they're gone... I don't know if he's going to release them again. He might because Kurt's awesome, and you know it's 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 selling incredibly well. But um, of the seven twenty four blends, that's probably my favorite cigar. But I'm a more full bodied. I prefer fuller bodied cigars. As much as I enjoyed the the Reserva Real Nicaraguan, I would be more likely to smoke this. Not because that cigar isn't good, it's excellent, but because this is just more what I often look for, something with a little more oomph and a little more power to it. Kurt's cigars tend to be that mild to medium kind of blend. The 113 pushes that to maybe a medium plus, and so I gravitate towards that. But not necessarily because it's a Puro. Would I be correct in saying that 
when you are making a puro it takes a little bit more skill and finesse to make that work and i think that the yield of success is higher in puros than multi-regional cigars and i can kind of use examples as like you know what are the most sought after cigars in the industry you know like we have padron out there nicaraguan puros you have the placentia family Amaforte's, nicaraguan puro you have the opus x dominican puro mm-hmm. you know so you have a lot of cigars in La Florida Americana, with the exception of some of their blends wrappers, obviously, like mm-hmm. you have puros. Like, doesn't it, doesn't it seem like the, when it comes to like getting traction for a blend, it seems that the puros to me kind of stick out. I mean, out of the two cigars we smoked tonight, I will say that out of like what was the most impressive to me, obviously having the AJ Heritage before, is the the Reserva Real Nicaraguan. You know, like it it. To me, that was a highlight of the show because I never had it before, and I was so fascinated by how that cigar gave me a different kind of smoking experience for Nicaraguan, but it's using all Nicaraguan tobacco. There's no, like, to me, it gave me, like, very Dominican-type flavor profiles, but there's no Dominican in the cigar. So, based on, I guess, my personal experience smoking cigars, you know, only being a little over two years is when you limit yourself to a puro, I think that that, it takes a lot more skill, and I think that it usually, to me, has a higher success yield than having a multi-region cigar. And then Brie, I mean, Dan kind of opened the question up to you, but, you know, like, again, like your single barrel versus, like, different mashes or blends of spirits to make something, like, you know, you can speak to the cigar question, but, I mean, at the bar, it's like when you have... Like, for instance, like our Jack Single Barrel, right? And then you have, like, our High West, which is a blend of different spirits. Like, what... Do, do you feel that a single barrel speaks more than having different blends of spirits? Or, like, what is your experience in that? So, when it comes down to it, like, case in point, I would say yes. I have more people that come in and say, like, hey, I want a single malt scotch. Then I have people come in and say, hey, I'm looking for a blended scotch or whiskey. I think people... Like, it's just like how... You know, when you cook, like, ribs or chicken, you know, if someone can execute cooking ribs or chicken without a glaze, without a marmalade, and still execute it just in its purest form, only, like, you know, seasoned, like, curing the meat and making it really good, that's Mm -hmm. way more impressive than someone that makes a really great sauce and slathers it on and covers up, like, the, the basics of, like, that dish. So I think it's kind of the same when it comes to whiskey and bourbon and scotch. Um, it's it's I think people do tend to garner a following around it more when someone is able to take a single ingredient and make it multifaceted than when you're able to pull specific qualities from multiple sources and fuse them into one, which is still impressive in itself and it's still... I think like Dan was saying earlier, if you're in the mood for something that incorporates like different aspects of multiple like ingredients or flavors that people like that is good it's a go-to it's enjoyable but it's still going to be in my opinion a little bit more impressive and speak a little bit more to um like how genuine the product is when you are able to take that pure form of something and turn it into a quality product have you made any observations on what kind of consumer reaches for a single barrel versus a mash 
<laughs> yeah, I, yes and no. Again, yes and no. <laughs> because again, I I mean, you, you only know so much about your customers when they walk through the door. You know, some people are mm -hmm. there just to say, I went to a bar and I asked for like a single barrel. Or I went to a bar and I asked for, you know, a single malt scotch. Like there, there are those people, but there are also people that just know what they like for their palate and they I are looking the for something. For drink. <laughs> that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> something that's gave me one. <laughs> like in its purest form. It's something along so, that yeah, line and, and what Pat said mm -hmm. too about, you know, it also has still, I think, a lot to do with what regions or in tobacco's case, countries are kind of hot in the moment. Like, I think we can all say pretty confidently, or well, I hope we would all agree, that, like, right now, Nicaragua is, is like, kind of in the in the industry's eyes, or in consumers' eyes, the, the top of the heap right now. Yeah. And so I think in that sense, a Nicaraguan Puro has more pull than maybe it did five or ten years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, like, I remember working retail, you know, ten years ago, running a store... I couldn't, I couldn't get people to buy Nicaraguan puros. It, it just wasn't in demand. It wasn't what people wanted. And now I feel like it's more likely to be what people will go for. Is the nineteen thirty five a puro? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, you can finish. Your no, point. it was just you know, there's way you know, it was one of the after saying I prefer blends, I'll ride to the defense of the puro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's it's definitely a, a market. Uh, dictated a little bit you know like mm -hmm. i would say right now you'd have better luck with a nicaraguan puro you know a new nicaraguan puro than you know a new dominican puro simply because of what the consumer is demanding in general i mean don't you feel that like a blending a puro is more difficult than just a multi-region i mean like huh? if you look at like the I guess the statistics of it, I mean, if you're blending a Puro, it's going to be cheaper manufacturing just because, like, if you have all the tobacco you're there... You're not importing anything. You're not or, importing anything. Yeah. You know, I'm obviously... I'm excluding the ideas of the hot Connecticut market because, obviously, you have to get the Connecticut wrapper from right. either Ecuador or Connecticut. But So that's the exception. But, I mean, if it was... To me, I think it's hard to do. Again, I'm not a blender, but I mean, like, it seems like this is something that more people would do. Like, if you don't have to outsource tobacco, it's going to be a lot cheaper for you to actually produce a cigar. So, you know, like, it, it, do, do you think that if this was, like, an easy task, everyone would do it? Or do you think that people are resorting to exporting tobacco because, like, they feel that they need to have different regions to kind of combat different flavor profiles that they're targeting for their audience? I would argue that the blender is has a a blend in their mind and that's good Dave. it might end up being a puro and it might not but if it, in the end of the day it's what they want and i think you got to be careful sometimes not to i don't know over analyze it but i i think that because I don't. I get the feeling that a blender is going to go do what they what tastes good to them and what they think is going to sell, regardless of whether it's a puro or not, unless they're specifically going after to make a point. Like I'm making this puro that's not going to taste like my country, you know, based on priming, based on fermentation. Um, that's that's what I think about. It. I don't think they. I would I would say the majority of times I would. That's what I think, is that they would not. They don't even think about that. That's what I think. So why would you say that most of the successful sought-after cigars tend to be puros then? 
<clears throat> I mean, if you have, if you're a company like Padrone or Fuente or Placentia Perdomo family, too. Don't forget about that. Perdomo, like, if you have <clears throat> the expenses to really utilize whatever region you want to do, why do you think it is that they keep it within their region? I would because if they have a blend what, in I would, mind, I would, I would say that's what they're used to and what they like. Sometimes I think like it has. I think it too. has. You know. Well, I think I think there's a <clears throat> quality control factor as well. Mm. You know, I think. You know, when it comes to Padrone or Perdomo or uh, some of these other companies that we've mentioned, you know, AJ's one of these guys. When you are growing your own stuff and aging your own stuff, you have total control over the quality of the tobacco. And when you're going out and buying what other people have grown, um, you don't have any control over what they've done or how it's been harvested or how it's been aged. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely more of a risk. Well, you don't know if you're going to like this year's batch or not. You know, and I think... That uh, one of the reasons you see people doing the, I think one of the one of the, uh, well, take JRE tobacco for instance, you know, under and they control everything, you know, seed, they grow everything, they age everything, they make their own boxes, they make labels, their own labels, everything, everything is done in house, and yeah, there's the there's the there's the financial control that you have over that. <clears throat> but uh, a lot of these blenders, I think, want to know that they know everything about that particular tobacco. A.J. Fernandez is no exception. Rafael Nadal, no exception. <clears throat> and um, uh, I, I think, think that's why Rafael and A.J. work so well together, too, because you can go to A.J. and say, this is what we're looking for. What do you have? Right. And he can, he knows. <laughs> it's, it's, he doesn't have to think, well, I can buy this from this guy and acquire right. that from over here. It's, you know, and I think it also is when we're talking about like Perdomo, Placencia, mm -hmm. like it is a seed to store shelf situation. Right. Like they know everything that's happening, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it, it does matter. It, it, it's, yeah, it it's, does. You know, we, um, in the Dominican, for instance, we partner, um, with the Jose Mendez tobacco company, mm -hmm. we buy 90% of the tobacco they grow and it's 60% of the tobacco we use over all of our portfolio. Mm. And it's because we know we've worked with them forever and we know they do things a certain way. Right. And their growing partners that they use do things a certain way. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, the control aspect is really important, mm. you know, because if you have, and especially if you're doing a single region thing, it takes one you know, hurricane or, you know, sure. bad storm or whatever to, to have an issue, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like going forward. And, you know, it, it makes the, having a puro portfolio somewhat riskier in that sense, you know, like, yeah, it gives you more control over your product, but one thing goes wrong could be an issue. Yep. You know, it's, it's certainly a, a, a risk. You know, you want hurricane away from disaster. Well, I mean, kind of always, but <clears throat> mm -hmm. specifically in this. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've kind of gone long in the second segment here. Mm -hmm. What's the uh, final thought here on the uh, Upman Heritage Corona? 
Um, <clears throat> I'm, me personally, I've I've enjoyed this cigar better than the, the last one. Mm -hmm. this, I'm really impressed with this Upman. Um, it is not normal Upman, <laughs> from my experience. Mm -hmm. um, it is definitely a medium medium plus cigar. Me, um, the flavor is just absolutely bursting. It's got a lot of uh, a lot of pepper. Uh, it's, I love the Brazilian Matafino wrapper. Yeah. And this is just an excellent expression of it. Bree, what about you? Still interesting. Um, I actually... Still I, interesting. So <laughs> I didn't smoke the glass on the first pairing. I smoked it on this one. And it's intriguing to me because... Um, so I smoked the glass once, took a sip, and I got a very intense maple note from the bourbon smoked it again and i got the same maple note um the glass is kind of cleared and i've since taken a sip and the maple note is mostly gone now mm -hmm. so it's it's i don't know I'm, I'm curious um why that is i guess um with this pairing again i think it's kind of um sneaky strong like the cigar itself yeah. because mm -hmm. it's really smooth like as you're smoking it it goes really fast the construction is yeah. great it burns excellent it goes down really easy and you don't really realize till like that last third how much of a punch it packs. Yeah, right? the, the back end of this is like really <clears throat> jumped yeah. up. It really rips. Yeah. And this is like definitely <clears throat> one of my favorite sizes. So mm -hmm. I, I do enjoy that about mm -hmm. it. Um, with the pairing, I would say it's still very complimentary. Um, again, smoking the glass get, gives you more of that sweetness from the bourbon. It really brings out that honey and transforms it into like a caramelized like maple. Um, if you're just smoking them side by side, the whiskey almost like um mellows down um any intensity that you would get from the cigar, but yeah. in a complimentary way still. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still getting um like the, the cigar itself is really smooth. And um I feel like if I was not having it with the whiskey, I would have maybe gotten like a little bit more white pepper. Um so I think together they go really well, but at the same time, just standalone, this cigar is um it's solid. It's a, like yeah. It's, Exactly. It burns well. These are my two current <coughs> it, favorites in my in, in the portfolio thing, yeah. right now. Yeah, it doesn't really leave any like lingering burn on your palate. It it no. really just like it it clears like any um like lingering residue that you might get from from other cigars. Um, compared to the first one, um, I do like this size more. Um, I would say that. The first cigar was more of like an appetizer, and this is like the main course. Mm, there you yep. go. There you go. Pat, final thoughts? Yeah, I'll just kind of echo, echo like the notes I kind of gave in the beginning of the show, but I will say like one of the interesting things about, the, you know, just like all tits in general in the past year is like they've really, in my opinion, like identified themselves to be a brand that kind of has an option for every consumer. And, you know, just look at the 1935 last year and, like, the Heritage. And then, this I mean, this, when did the um, Reserve of Rio Nicaragua come out? It was a couple of years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. tonight's the first time I had it. But, like, they, they really do have something for everyone. And I think that one of the tough things to do is get getting into that fuller-bodied market when your brand identity is typically that kind of mild to medium. Mm -hmm. And it's just really exciting to see what Altidus did in the past year, releasing... You know the AJ Heritage and then the 1935 because it's very full-bodied like cigars and a, typically a lot of the time you get like more of an experienced aficionado smoker 
that has those and i mean cigar fishing auto they've gotten really good reviews and i mean based on the shop here like the 1935 was a complete knockout of the park i mean it still is yep mm-hmm. it's yeah it's, it sells yeah. really strong throughout my market still yeah like so, it's, it's got legs it's just one of those things where i'm kind of Delicious excited to see what they do next because they've really kind of set that kind of market that they have something for everyone and they're capable of making something for everyone all right <clears throat> well next week on not just blowing smoke it's going to be another really unique episode we're going to have tequila talia with us Ooh. <clears throat> and we're getting ready to start something here at the lounge it is a bourbon challenge mm-hmm. that's what we're calling it yes. a bourbon challenge I it's like masters of bourbon or something masters like of bourbon and we do have some people that have a head start people that began to taste some of the spirits that we have already because we do have the full rabbit hole lineup right but um long story short we have a gorgeous um it's the top of a whiskey a barrel. barrel top yep yep and it has um how many spots i believe i think like 20 maybe about 20 spots um and if you try all eight bourbons on our list then you get your name engraved on this plaque it's so more than 20 much, spots right i think it's more but more? Yeah. I think it's, it's more than 20. Yeah. It's at least 20. It's at least 20. <laughs> um, and so it, it doesn't have to be like a full pour. We have like flights available. You can order like an ounce of each one. doesn't have to be all in one visit, of course. Uh, but <laughs> well, preferably not all in not one, visit. one visit. You, get, you actually get a card. Yes. And so we fill it out. We cross different... off the ones you've tried. We right. write your name down. And um, eventually, if you try all eight of these bourbons within a certain time period, then you get your name on this plaque. Um, so we have like a lot of the Jeffersons, um, the full rabbit hole lineup. Um, and you, get, the, uh, you get your name yeah. on the plaque yeah. and an Uber ride. <laughs> yes. Now, you know, we've said you don't have to do this all in one visit. That said, next week on Not Just Blowing Smoke, Uber we're doing all. we're yeah. doing all eight. Oh man, oh, I picked shoot. the wrong week, huh? We're doing <laughs> all eight. We will be all set to have our names on that plaque by the end of the show next week. Awesome, yep. and Inter-ride it's going to be awesome. We have to, yep. we have, and and so uh, I've been thinking about you know a cigar that we could smoke that will go with eight different bourbons. And that's been Opus. a challenge. I haven't. <laughs> the Asylum 990. We'll just give it a chance. <laughs> it's going to be a, a five-hour show. <laughs> Sean's going to queue up the so, give us all rides home. You know, yeah. we'll be, I don't know what we're smoking yet, but we're going to be drinking. And that's going to be the focus of the show is, oh boy. you know, uh, talking about these different bourbons and the uh, uh, snacks challenge that, that we have going <laughs> on. Yeah. Yep, Bree's going to have 87 Red Bulls up here on the table. <laughs> yep, to make sure her sugar stays high and everything. Diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes. So you're not going to want to miss it next week. You're going to want to be here Tuesday, 8 o'clock. And that's not just bullet smoke, people. We're going to be doing eight different We're getting, getting after it. Here on the show. It's going to be awesome. To, might have to crash. And yeah. also, Tequila Talia is going to be talking about her recent trip to Greece. Mm, that's going to be She tasty. was uh, over there for about a week, and she has lots of pictures. Mm-hmm. We're going to show some of those. It's going to be awesome catching up with her, seeing about this trip that she had, and uh, drinking lots a lot. of bourbon. 
Bourbons. Eat your bourbons. Mm. It's the bourbon show next week, people. You want to be here. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down.